Oh, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to this a very, very special edition of the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you. I'm going to get this right. I need to get this right tonight. It's a very special episode, so I need to be straight about this sponsor. MGA, Traffic Engineers and Waste Planning Consultants, assisting with all types of development applications. Visit www.mgatraffic.com.au to check them out or get in touch. They've, of course, been a wonderful sponsor of the program since day one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you did a good job until that point. <laughs> it was when I looked at you. I just lost it. <laughs> so we can't bury the lead here because it's in the... I was thinking maybe we could keep it a surprise. We could not have what this episode is until people open it, but we probably need to put it in the title. Um, we've been very fortunate to secure an interview with Luke Sayers. Il Presidente. El Presidente. Not el. Il. Whatever. Now he's I obviously... Spanish. From now on, he's obviously a close personal friend of the pod. <laughs> we just call him Luke. And he'll be referred to as such uh, henceforth. So um, we're going to play that momentarily. Um, do we want to Do we want to play that straight away or do we want to do some patter? You want to say hello? Do you want to introduce... That's what I'm asking. Timbo and, Mas- and you know, and I. That's what I'm asking. I'm just asking the question. Buonasera ragazzi. Required. Okay. Hey, Fabian. How you going? I already said buonasera ragazzi. Okay. That's Tim, to everybody. Shut up. Tim. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's uh, terrific to be back. It's nice to be talking about Is it about always it. a pleasure, Tim? It is always a pleasure. I do, that, I do that at the end, don't I? Yeah, I know, but it's a pleasure to oh, be back. You're okay. topping tails. You're yeah. topping tails. It. What about before? I said to Tim, do you want a drink? And he goes, yeah, oh, mate, what are you having? You know, whatever. So I can get you a glass of Pepsi Max. He inhaled it. <laughs> it was like it was vapour. Wasn't the biggest glass I've ever seen. Well, I would have gotten more because... Oh, you, it disappeared. You it was, sculled it. It quenched the thirst. Just rig him up Thank to the post-mix line. <laughs> I thought, I turned around, it was gone. I thought, oh, where's he put the glass? Just make sure we don't knock it over. It doesn't matter because it's empty. <laughs> um, excellent, boys. It's a pleasure to have you here. We'll get, uh, we'll get stuck into the interview with Luke itself, so that'll play for us now, and then we'll come back on the other side of that and just debrief it, chat some other issues around the club, kind of make a quasi-episode of it. How does that sound? Absolutely. Good. Sounds Victor. So we're thrilled to welcome a very, very special guest to the program. Uh, he joins a growing gallery of interview subjects, which reads Jed Lamb and now Luke Sayers. Luke, thank you so much for your time. No problems. Good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get straight into it. Um, tell us about your love of the club. Where does it come from? Um, what era of player was your first sort of hero? Yeah, look, I, I grew up in country Victoria, um, small little town, uh, called Rochester, um, near Echuca, uh on the Campaspe River there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I fell in love with, um, with the Carlton Footy Club because I had to take the train with my mum to Melbourne um, once every three or four weeks to, to see uh, actually a speech therapist. Um, and to work through a number of speech challenges I had as a as a young buck, and uh, uh, my godfather uh, basically lived in a place that that was next to Princess Park. And um, every time I was down in in Melbourne, I'd I'd get across to Princess Park, and and uh, and that's where I fell in love with the Carlton Blues um, icons that I that I remember fondly as a young as a young boy. Um, you know the Buzz Bazzasto. Um, how good was he? Uh, you know, I think Mark of the Year and Goal of the Year in in '81, Reese Jones, Bruce Dool, Wayne Johnson. Um, oh. You know, through the '80s, just unbelievable. So uh, that's the that's the passion that was 
has kind of been fueled at a, at a very young age. Understandably, understandably. Well, as a fan, um, what was the most frustrating part of the season just gone? And then on the flip side, what's the most exciting aspect of the season to come next year? Yeah, look, um, I'm, I'm kind of a very optimistic person, uh, Sean. So as hard as, as hard as kind of last year was, um, it really has given us a, a great insight into the things that were working really well and the things that needed to be changed. And, you know, we were able to, to get real line of sight on the things that um, we needed to change right at the end of the season. Um, we've quickly made a, a number of changes and, you know, right here, right now, um, everything's, everything's looking very, very uh, exciting for the, for the year ahead. Now, obviously, it'll take some time for new coaches to build the relationships with themselves and obviously with the players and so on and so forth. But um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty optimistic for where we're at. Uh, look, you, you have sort of mentioned, obviously, changes were made. And, and look, to be brutally, to be really frank, um, you know, I think they had to be made. You wasted little time in recognising mid-season that we were in freefall. Um, you announced the review. You sort of saw that something had to be done. You said about doing it. Further, you set yourself a timeline, the club a timeline. You stuck to it despite plenty of outside noise. At any stage as that review was unfolding as we were in season, was there a worry on your end of it potentially being destabilising? Look, it's, um, you know, the review the review shone the light and, and provided kind of evidence and data and facts to, to probably support, you know, instinct and feelings. Um, you know, as a, as a leader, from time to time you can make instinctive decisions, but um, it's always better to have them backed up by evidence and data and fact. And, and, and then once you get that sort of, um, sort of scenario clear from a fact-based perspective, you know, my philosophy is there's always going to be challenges, there's always going to be naysayers, um, but what you need to do is to is to try and move through that difficult change period as quickly as you can, whilst whilst also being as respectful as you can, such that you can you can get through it, you can get the new people um, on the pitch, and 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 then you can kind of put a put a bow around it and start building trust back into the culture and and, and the system that you're creating. So, um, sure, it was hard, uh, but we could see what needed to be done. Um, we're doing it with the best interests of of Carlton and the members, and and being relentless on 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 wanting to win more and more games and ultimately win win a flag. So. Um, yeah, hard, but I'm, I, I think we're, we're really well, well poised and positioned as we sit here sort of mid-November, late November period. And look, just, just on that, I think, um, you know, we, we sort of from the outside looking in, I think a lot of Carlton fans really appreciated that there was a degree of urgency. There was a degree of, we've got to look at this, we've got to, we've got to sort this out. What is the issue? What are the problems? How can we make them better? Um, obviously, a key appointment in the, uh, in the aftermath of that was Michael Voss and um, we, we're not here to undermine Michael at all because we wish him nothing but the very, very best and, and like all Carlton fans, wish for nothing but success. Um, but just in terms of the process playing out, it was very public. Um, how realistic or how real was the Carlton Football Club's interest in either a Ross Lyon or a Alistair Clarkson at any point in time? 
Yeah, look, we we ran a we ran a process. Um, you know, I wasn't involved with the day to day sort of process of, of of selecting the head coach. You know, that was that was Greg Williams and David Parkin and 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 a number of others and. And they talked to lots and lots of different different candidates and different people, and then they got to a short list. And then, you know, when it got down to two, um, you know, I got on the I got on the pitch, and and also Brian Cook, um, who who had started, uh, also got got on the pitch. And then we we obviously chose uh, chose Vossi. Um, so you know, we were looking far and wide. We we had a good feeling for sort of the coach that would you know in in our minds sort of work best with the group that we've got. Um, we, we wanted a, 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 an ex, you know, an experienced sort of person that, that had spent some time, you know, decent time as an assistant coach and or a head coach, somebody that was, was relational. Um, and then we, we wanted to build, I guess, the technical and the tactical sort of coaching skills um, in and around that that head coach, and uh, you know, couldn't be couldn't be more positive to be honest to land somebody of Vossi's character, uh, Vossi's experience, and uh, you know, Vossi's hunger to 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 do what um, what what we all wish him to do, and to get us winning games and and back into the finals as such. Um, and what's also awesome is is off the back of his appointment, being able to pull together an assistant coaching group. You know, like Ash Hansen and Aaron Hamill, and and so on and so forth. You know, which which really complement um, Michael's uh, Michael's experience and Michael's strengths. So yeah, feeling feeling great about things. Obviously, the second major appointment uh, was that of Brian Cook. You, you mentioned him just there, and again, look for our our perspective, and we believe that um, Brian is the outstanding sports administrator in the country, and um, potentially the most significant off-field addition that we've had since Dick Pratt returned as president, such is the potential of his impact. How significant do you feel his joining the club is and why did you identify him as the man to lead us forward? Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's, it's is it the most significant or, you know, the equal most significant? I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, tone is, tone is set at the top. Um, and you know, you look around, sort of the 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 people in the AFL system, and you know, <laughs> Brian's Brian's arguably number one, and that's what Carlton should be doing. We should be going after always the best, um, and we we were just super super fortunate that uh, the conversations with Brian um, excited him enough about the potential of of what we wanted to do at Carlton. And we've got him on board, and you know he's four to six weeks in, and and uh, you know so far loving loving what he's seeing, um, notwithstanding the poor guy uh, just in the last twenty four hours has has uh, been diagnosed with COVID. But uh, you know I spent two hours over the Zoom with him today, and 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 he's in good spirits and and continuing to operate, which is which is uh, fantastic. Excellent, excellent. It's good to hear. That was the follow up question. Um, Aside from our tactical evolution, which is always interesting to observe when a new coach and a new coaching crew comes on board, um, what we're most interested in as a group of three who do this little show, there's three things um, we'd like to ask you about and and how they're being addressed, if at all. Our mentality, which has been a real talking point for a number of years, you know, our ability to consistently front up in a competitive frame of mind. 
our fitness, which has probably been a, a bit lacking uh, and off the pace for a little while now as well. And then lastly, and perhaps most importantly, the development of our youth. We've had a big influx of youth. Not all of them have kicked on as we would have liked them to have done, and it feels like that's kind of stagnated our momentum. Um, how much of a priority are those three things internally? Yeah, so look, I mean, Sean, I'm, I, I think you'll you'll understand this. Look, my my philosophy is, um, you know, I'm I'm the president, and my responsibility and accountability is to put the best people in and around the roles that we need to to win games of footy. Um, I feel um, really good about um, you know Cookie, Brad Lloyd, Michael Voss. Uh, Nick Austin, uh, Jack Russell, um, you know, you go through all the various bits of the football department. Um, I feel really, really good. Um, can I speak to the detail of those three areas? No, I, no, I can't, and I, I, I would be remiss to try and try and do so. But what I can say is that all those three areas were areas that um, our football department is super focused on uh, as we go into FY. Uh, go into to 2022. Um, uh, the mentality piece was an area that we need to grow in coming out of the review, um, as was the the the, the conditioning, um, the physicality piece, which was also also an area, and development from in in particular kind of the from the time in which the players joined the club through those first sort of two, three, four years in a holistic across the football department way um, was also another area. So those three are front and centre on all of the football department's leaders' minds and there's there's accountability from the board to, to Brian Cook and through the football department to be absolutely lifting the standards in, in those areas. So um, we are absolutely all over that one. Excellent, excellent. And obviously in the last couple of weeks, a really tricky situation and, and we are incredibly respectful of how delicate the Liam Jones um, situation was and we obviously respect that conversations are private and that's the way they should stay. It's each individual's um, own business. But just, um, was that a conversation that you were involved in at any time? No, no, it, no, it wasn't. Um, I left that to uh, uh, to Brian and to Brad and and, and a number of others, uh, there was lots of conversations, and and as you say, it's it's a uh, it's a bit of a sad situation, um, you know, for Liam. It's a sad sad situation for Carlton, um, but you know what the rules are per the AFL's rules are what they are, and um, you know there's nothing that that we could have done, and you know we wish Liam nothing but the best, and and. Uh, and we, we we move we move forward, um, but yeah, no, I was not involved in in any of those conversations with Liam. It's just a shame, isn't it, when you kind of you, you step back and you sort of go, "What a wonderful story his career had become," and you sort of go, "It's yeah. just he he's gotten the second chance, and he'd become it's the player that he did with us, and no one could have possibly." I remember we Dad and I we went out, we'd heard whispers that he'd had this renaissance, and we went out to watch a, a, a Northern Blues game. And we yeah. were just sitting there and we were playing Collingwood at Vic Park. And I remember we looked at each other at one point and just went, is he the best man on the ground at centre-half back? 
<laughs> we thought, we thought, I think he might be. Yeah, we're going, this is extraordinary. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right, and that's why that's why I say it's just it's just sad. Um, but we also, you know, respect his 100%. respect his opinion and decision. Hundred percent. And just a couple of quick ones to to close us off. Um, our economic position. We don't want to steal North Melbourne's thunder because that was a wonderful story out of North Melbourne in the last week or so. But our economic position. Is it as strong as it's been any time since the mid-90s, you know, the legend stand being built and the like? Um, and by extension of that, how well have we weathered COVID and how important is this position for us to be in now as we do move forward? Yeah, look, I've got to, uh, I've got to give uh, uh, Mark, our, uh, our former president, a huge rap here because, um, you know, our financial position that we carry forward is is a very, very strong position. You know, we're wrapping up this year's accounts at the moment. Uh, we'll make a profit um, again off a very, you know, difficult COVID, COVID year like last year. Uh, but I'm sure fans and everyone will get this, that, you know, when you've got a good financial footing uh, and you've got wonderful sponsors and you've got great members and you've got great fan support, like it gives you the ability to, um, to, to, to go after the the people that you you're trying to lure into the into the club, um, give them the development that they need and all of the support and infrastructure that uh, that you need to, to 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 perform at the best that you possibly can. So um, we're in a we're in a very good position. Well, it's excellent to hear, and it's it's obviously look we, you know we we did note last year a few occasions that you know you had certain teams that were struggling for sponsors here and there. We were able to. You know, re-up Great Southern Bank and the Guernsey was always yep. full, and it was it was I think it was testament to the running of the club at that time. It was fantastic. Um, just lastly, this is an indulgent one, so you'll have to bear with me as we, <laughs> we wrap things up. This is a bit of a personal bugbear of mine, a hobby horse of mine. Let it let it go. Go for it. Our Guernsey look. Our Guernsey has been somewhat compromised and diluted in the last couple of years. The beautiful pillow embossed monogram is no more, and it hasn't been on the Guernsey now for three or four years. A very small clutch of fans have noticed it, and it, it's one of those things for me that we've got the most striking, beautiful, unique, iconic Guernsey, arguably of any team in any competition in any sport in the world. And just in its current guise, we are doing it a disservice. That's, uh, do I interpret that as a question or a statement? <laughs> it is a statement, and I unashamedly it is a statement. <laughs> you were just the most significant person I've been able to tell it to. Uh, I've, 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 screamed, I've screamed it into the ether on Twitter a number of times, um, strangers in the street, but uh, it's one of those things that it does. I'm just looking over my shoulder now, and I, I've got a beautiful, authentic Guernsey, uh, my own, and it is, it is something else. And at the moment... Yeah our flag is just not where what it needs to be. So uh, I've got to be I've got to be honest in my first kind of 12 weeks in the chair um, that hasn't been uh, that hasn't been the first thing on my agenda. That is understandable uh, but also a disappointment. <laughs> but I but I will take that as a good statement and good feedback and leave it leave it with me. Perfect. That is outstanding. That's probably if I've taken nothing else out of this but that. So that's a good result. <laughs> uh, look like I said we we can't thank you enough for giving us um, some of your time. It really does mean a lot. I hope that our listeners obviously have appreciated this uh, as much as we do. Um, As I said, we can't say thank you enough. Um, Obviously, go now and enjoy uh, the rest of your night and the draft and see which fresh faces come through the door, but um, hopefully we'll be able to do it again sometime. 
Terrific, Sean. Appreciated the chat, and thanks for everything that that you and your you and your fans are doing for our mighty uh, mighty Carlton Football Club. Good Absolutely. on you. Fantastic. Thank you. It's been five seconds for us. It's been eighteen <laughs> minutes for you. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how are we going to go? How are you going to transition just, this? I'm Whether we're going to bush and go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a seamless cut in the middle of that, and it won't. I'm going to cut the bit out before Tim said tried to speak Italian. Yeah. I can get rid of that and we'll just play into the interview. You haven't cut for a while. Like back in the day when we used to run out of oh, that was when, space yeah, on the... Uh, the oh. H5. That was when we were recording on the H5 and we used to legitimately have, I think we had an hour and 26. Yeah. And we, we, we promised we'd be better than we were. We were often over it. We'd often talk for 15 minutes and then realise that... There were some issues. There were some issues. <laughs> we're not recording. You can't miss this. This has got the big glowing red button. Yeah. You but our best it. work came in those those 15 minutes. People My favourite was when we would blow it off the top and we'd start like a house on fire and then we'd have to try to recapture the magic. <laughs> and it never worked. <laughs> it was never the same. Never as good. And we, always, we had to try to like set up the jokes again. <laughs> and all we do is laugh. Like, oh, kind of like what we're doing now. It was horrendous. Well, first things first, boys. What did we think of Luke Sayers? Impressive. Um... On a whole, um, he, he speaks very well. You could you got to say that he's he speaks brilliantly. He's he's confident. He's assured without being cocky. I like that. Um, he doesn't come. He comes across as he's a, very comfortable. Yes, in his comfortable. Role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more in depth as to you know each particular question. But God, he threw in one of the not since um, Lockie Henderson have we seen a balk slash sidestep. As big as Luke threw in there with the uh, the Clarko, mm. it, it it was a nice it was a nice uh, it was a very nice ball. We had to ask it. We had to throw it down there. And he and what I liked about it, even when he had to evade evade or play things down as best as possible, he still managed to give an answer. It wasn't flustered. No. Um. So and that's the thing in this forum, all you can provide is the opportunity yep. for the comment and. He'll give as much or as little as he's prepared to, and I again, I I thought he he handled himself terrifically, I, and and I think it's a really important thing to note that um, to give of his time to us and the listeners, yep. when we've sat through a president who you couldn't hear on any medium, we're not even sure he might be a mute, yeah, at, at all. I think it, absolute hats off to Luke. With that. respect, Mark Leduce's voice could be it the could secret be, sound. It could be ESL. <laughs> it could be ESL. It could. It could be Tony. It could be Tony. <laughs> but but no, Luke, phenomenal. I, I think. I, um, yeah, loved it. And 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 look, ultimately, the big thing that comes out is, you know, how strong he was on the re- the review and how he wants to resource the club and build and reinforce and grow. And as a supporter, that's all you want to hear. Mm. Yeah, you know, give us give us a chance to be. Better and our best. We just want to just just start backing over what you said about giving of his time. I think just to take people inside the process um, of, of getting this interview, we we owe a very special thanks to a third party who will remain nameless, uh, the silent partner. He will be henceforth known as third party. Third party, the silent partner, who was is uh, a great listener of the show and a great supporter of ours, who reached out to us um, several months ago now and, and suggested Luke would be prepared to come on the show. Um, would we be interested in having him? After I uh, put my eyes back in my skull from reading that message, I thought, yes, we would be interested. And look, I can understand why perhaps on the club's end, 
there were some potential misgivings about giving him to us specifically. Yep. Um, which are fair or not fair, depending on your perspective. Um, but we didn't. We wouldn't have had the opportunity to speak to Luke, if not for Luke's persistence in wanting to speak to us. Yep. You know, we we had some ups and downs on the road to getting this chat with him tonight, and at every fork in the road, um, the one constant was his preparedness to speak to us. Yep. To the yep. point where he said it to us directly. He's obviously gone into bat for the opportunity. Um, to people at the club, well, he obviously to be brutally honest. He sees the, the benefit. So if you take nothing out of what he said, and even with his interview with Terry on Blue Abroad tonight, um, and, yep. and I think and Paul was on that as well, um, if you take nothing from those interviews, I think what's worth taking out of them is the fact that he was so steadfast in his commitment to do them, yep. particularly ours. Yes. Um, we, we can't speak for, for Terry and, and how he came about it. Yep but particularly our chat. So we can't thank him enough for that because it would have been the easiest thing in the world for him to sort of just go, oh, look, I'm not going to do it or no, it's not going to happen or when we were rebuffed. Um, but he, no, he absolutely stayed the course and, uh, like I said, was fully committed to doing it, having said that he would. So To his credit, since taking over the presidency, he probably hasn't found the too-hard basket no. that was left behind. So and, um, I think, to be honest with you, that's almost, having dealt with it as we have, that's almost one of the most impressive parts of the whole situation is that it would have been the easiest thing in the world to not have spoken to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he, he was obviously committed to doing so and did so. So terribly you know, thankful on our end. And, and so now he grateful. loves us, Sean. And now he does. I think that's what happens with a lot of people, Fab. I think they hate us mm. and then they get to know us. And then they hate us even more. <laughs> and then they love to hate us. <laughs> And then they're like, they're actually not that bad. Yeah. Actually, you know, they've won me over with their roguish charm. It's like George Costanza getting nonsense. inside that woman's head. Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're, they've got the drums from the intro song playing as they're in their head as they're walking around. Um, excellent, excellent stuff. Where did we want to start? Lead the way, Skip. I can't even remember what I said. So you're probably <laughs> going to need to maybe lead me. Maybe I can go back to my questions. I was going to say, wouldn't you have the questions written down? Uh, look, I thought it was. I think it was a really strong start, and I, and I wanted to. Um, I wanted to start in a place where we could sort of humanise him as a Carlton fan. Yeah, so I think that's really important that that everyone who takes on these roles are. Sometimes you can see, like in Eddie Maguire, his passion for the Collingwood Football Club was unquestioned. Yeah, clearly it was there for everyone to see. Can't dispute it. Whereas you've got. Jeff Kennett's a, a bit like that as well. Clearly, he loves the Hawthorne Football Club. I remember, like an Andrew Newbold was always a bit. He sort of went, oh. Yeah, I'm not sure how rusted on. I don't know. Yeah, you probably like the club, but you know, I'm not sure. John Elliott obviously very much was out and about and very proud with it. And with, I think Lajuda Che loves the club as well, no question. But I think I wanted to start by just you know tell us about your love of the club. Everyone's got a unique story and a unique starting point. Um, you know, so it was great to hear that he obviously came came to to love the club and and that particular era of player that um, was something that endures to this day. Well, just touching back on how well Timbo and I, you know, both said pointed out that we um how well he spoke in you know, and how he presents himself. Well, shout out to that mm. speech pathologist or whatever else who was he was seeing because it's obviously worked. But um, you wouldn't know. No, yeah. You wouldn't at all. So um and, and the vulnerability to be able to say this was part of my journey mm, again. Absolutely kudos to the man. Absolutely. absolutely. Um and then, you know, obviously you spoke, you know, why don't we follow that up by asking just about, you know, what was frustrating about the year that's just been. And I think, again, um, was really heartening that he's 
no different to any of us who ride the ups and downs of a season. And love Peter Bazzasto. Love Peter Bazzasto. Don't blame him. I was going to say... Who, who doesn't? I was, gonna, I, was, I was thinking about asking him about uh, the fact that um, when the club did that 150 greatest players, the legend has it that Ian Collins was like, nah, fuck Buzz. Really? Yeah. He was just like, nah, fuck him. He's not in the list. Because he was probably the biggest omission where you kind of went, he's got to be in the best 150 players to have played for the club, yeah? Well, 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 quality over quantity. Yeah, w- without doubt. And <laughs> I was hoping Sean wouldn't elaborate on that. What? What am I hoping you will elaborate on that? On what? Quality over quantity. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you do. You I will. Do, I you genuinely will. have no You will. Idea. Tim, do listeners, I look... Listeners will go, yeah. Do I look have the look of a man... Who knows what Fabian's talking about? You know what you have the look of? You have a look of steel side bottom tonight. What are you talking about? What's this quality over quantity bullshit? When we're talking about 150 greatest players for the club. Yeah. I'm saying quality over quantity. Yeah, his work already is like his CV. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. No, I need to... No, no. Get in touch with us, listeners, because listeners will know. We're not talking about Cade Simpson, eh? (laughs) I'm not going to give anything away. That's, That's quantity over quality. That's what... Is he not with us? You're off. Are you with you, us? You're, you're you know in, you were in full I'm half watching the draft. <laughs> <laughs> you're in full pre-season mode, Sean. I'm in hibernation. I'm like Baloo. You've, you've away lost for the winter. Who's the bloke who cut his hair? Was it Samson? Yeah. yeah. Ever since Sean trimmed the beard, he's lost it. It's, it's actually, oddly, the second conversation today that Samson's name came up, and I don't think I've spoken about Samson in 25 years. <laughs> So that works. Ironically. Um, we obviously spoke about the review, um, which is we, we had to obviously touch base. It was arguably the biggest football story um, of the year, to be honest, as it kind of continued to roll on, perhaps the stuff at Hawthorne. But I, I, I loved his answer where he basically made no apologies yep. for doing what he felt was right and had to be done. And do you know what? I, I also like the fact that there's no... Everyone likes to say there's a process, there was findings, and we just took the findings. He was honest enough to say, you have that gut feeling. Mm. When you're there and in a position of his where you see a lot, because, you know, he was on the board. And you live and die by that instinct. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, that ratifies or justifies our our thinking, but you still have to be aware enough to have those, those gut instincts to say, no, nah, something needs to be done. And then you seek the perspective, and, and as he sort of said, the data – to be able to back up the directions that he's wanting to take the club and just wants to put in place a strategy to achieve that. Yep. And uh, and again, obviously, one of our new directors is is a data-driven guy as well. <laughs> I was going to say, how long before Tim brings up it's, data, man? Well, it's clearly, it's, it, it's clearly not a... Um, just, Jim, this just, is a big, big. Just this is a to let the horse. listeners know, we had a we I'm had a big uh, on the data guy. A, a, a pre-production <laughs> briefing, which Sean doesn't acknowledge that I was kind of a part of. But anyway, well, because you you were a warm body, you were just a face on a screen contributing nothing. There was a fifteen-minute period where Tim was talking about data guy <laughs> and completely lost me. <laughs> you are oh, you, yeah. You know, like how do I phrase this? What's the turn I'm looking for? You lingered in that production meeting. You were like a fart in a sleeping bag. You were providing nothing. I was working. You were doing. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, but no, like. But I, look I, at that. But look at this. Come production, mm-hmm. I'm best on ground. I don't know what you're providing legitimately, but 
as I said, I thought his his answer with that with that stuff was great because he seemed to be like a lot of fans that once we got to that West Coast game and that was over, you're like the the year's done. Yep. Going so we've got to be brutal from now on. It actually, in a weird way, and and I love the fact that he, without saying it, he was certainly, as I said, unrepentant about well, if it destabilised the year, that's the cost of setting up what happens next. If mm-hmm. if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby is one of those that that mentality of once that's gone, um, let's let's do everything we can to be shooting for the moon next year. I think it was interesting too that, and I, and I was really, I was really keen, and he was he was great, you know, in terms of his um, his preparedness to answer these questions. But I was really keen to make sure that we weren't trying to get him. Yeah, and, no, I was, and I was really no. keen to make sure that with you know questions about that, questions about Brian Cook or, or Kane Little, you know, questions about those is that we support what you've done mm. and what you think. And we spoke about things like do we raise the Kane Little thing, but mm. we didn't didn't want to be misconstrued in any yeah. any way towards Luke. Um, on those on those it issues, del- it was a delicate question Correct. to basically say, look, it was a pretty brutal call. It gets us Brian Cook, who's I was going to say Brian King. I work with Brian King at the post office. <laughs> that would have been a shock. Oh, Shout out to King. If Brian King, ex-butcher, turned up um, as the CEO, <laughs> I would have been extraordinary. But it, to, get us, to get us to Brian Cook, you know, we obviously had to jettison the incumbent CEO. We don't want to labour on, you know, the, the timeline of what that was and what that meant because the interesting element of it is we end up getting the best administrator in sports. Yep. At any cost, you have to do that. Yep, yep. Like, Probably better than three fingy Kingy. <laughs> well, Brian Kingy, Kingy's uh, he's an interesting character, no doubt about it. Um, he turned the place on its head. Oh, I'd like to see it. Brian King, Brian King, Brian King would be a phenomenal appointment <laughs> for any football club looking to sell cured meats. Does Brian listen to the uh, to the podcast? Um, funny story about Brian. This <laughs> is um, why we're getting sidetracked. But he he's a real character. He um, he walks around the office every morning. And he'll he'll have his headphones in, and he'll be listening to whatever. And it's a running game as to can you pick what he's singing along to, because he'll only give you two and a half seconds, and it's usually just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all he gives you. And the, the gag is, can you pick the song he's listening to? Because it's largely unintelligible nonsense. Um, and today, I think he was listening to "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Seriously? Yeah, I think it was the first time in months we've been able to pick it. Okay. Right, reminds so me of when Pete. Pete was in the bathroom. Oh, no. Is this Philadelphia? <laughs> no, no, no. He sings Philadelphia oh, for you, other you reasons. Oh, you can call me Al. Yeah, he was singing You Can Call Me Al by, oh, um, by Paul, Paul Simon. Oh, yeah. And then when he... So you could hear him in the loo still singing and you could hear him while he's washing his hands singing. He walks out and there's a guy in the corridor and Pete just looks at him and goes, Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should get Pete and Kingy together. Um... But obviously we moved on then to talking about Brian Cook and, and like we said, we kind of wanted to not give him an out because he doesn't need an out, but we needed to make sure that this was an appointment that had to be made yep. once it could be made. Yep, absolutely. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Yep. It's just the how, yeah. Mm. The how and the when. Um, excellent. Uh, on field, obviously we brought up um, you know some talking points and some things we would like or wondered if the club was addressing and how actively our mentality, our fitness and our development. And that was probably my favourite part of the chat. I thought he was very good in answering those three talking points. Yep. Um, Sort of obviously back the staff in which you fully expect him to. 
whilst at the same time conceding that they are areas of concern and ongoing review. Absolutely. Uh, which they absolutely have to be. Uh, Liam Jones, um, that was really good. I sort of really liked that. Um, we're going to talk about Jones uh, a little bit after this. I think he hit the nail on the head that, you know, it's just ultimately it's just a shame yep. that we are in the situation that we're in. The club had no other option given the mandate, given the rules and the restrictions that are in place. Uh, had to play out the way that it did. But and I think he echoed the sentiments of us all that you kind of just go, you know, it's just disappointing. It's just sad. Yeah. yeah. You know? And his lack of involvement goes on from when he said, you know, he's there to put people in place and not have to be necessarily involved in anything or everything, but to, you know, that, to charge people with their responsibility. I think it's that escalated thing where if somebody at the club, whether it be Luke himself or somebody else, thinks that his input would be valuable... He'd step in. ...then you become involved. Yeah. But in that particular case, he's working with Brad Lloyd, he's working with Brian Cook and, and probably others as well, that another voice in that discussion probably doesn't move it along or, you know, um, better facilitate it. Uh, the economic stuff was really good. Interestingly, and I did note this at the time, and maybe I'm reading a lot into it, maybe I'm reading nothing into it, he didn't mention Kane Little. No. He gave Mark LaDuce a pat on the back for the club's financial position, yep. which is 100% fair enough because he's the president at the time when the club has returned mm-hmm. that great financial position. Yep. Um, I think, I think it's fair to say that Kane Little was a, a significant part of that. Mm. Well, our jump in membership numbers was significantly impacted by Kane Little's vision as to how you would do that. And that was one of the main reasons he was put in place and the levers in the first instance. And yeah, and Surely the, the, the long-term Puma partnership. Hmm. There, were, there were little things. Yeah. And I mentioned that you know we obviously were able to re-up Great Southern Bank at a time when certain teams didn't have sponsor. They had sponsor assets yep. on their jumpers. And we weren't in that position, which was a great, great... We haven't uh, had to resort to, like, a Dare Ice coffee bean in the middle of our... Uh, they're, they're the just. apparel partner. <laughs> Dare Ice coffee. They, they said, oh, look, uh, here's some iced coffees, here's some uh, here's some sponsor money. And then someone at the Saints said, you can't make Guernseys, can you? <laughs> and they were like... The funny, AFL said you can, you you can have three that. sponsors. Yes, potentially. Two on the back, one on the front. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. How about we get the guys who make the iced coffee to make the jumpers? The One of the, my favourite sponsor positioning um, like assets of all time was when you know usually they have like the old big m style in the coach's box or the gatorade bottles yep. and they had a two liter bottle of beer iced coffee just <laughs> sitting in the front <laughs> and it was like a it was like a 30 degree day as well oh, they'll, they'll forever be that club won't they they are who they are yeah there's no getting ar- around it and then obviously we wrapped up with my self-indulgent nonsense about the guernsey which um fair being fair it does need to be fixed. Well, it's it's funny. I've always said it's not something that moves me. But I do look at that Guernsey and go, I do like that. It looks because amazing. if it's just flat... It's got no oomph. You need more. That, and, that gives you more. But when you know it's that, when you know it should be that... Yep. Everybody loves the curves. In general? Are you talking about the Guernsey or...? In general. So yeah. to have it, you know... It's a pillow embossed. Absolutely. At the start, I reckon you thought, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what do you want about? Mm. But, you know, and with respect, there might be an element of... I'd love if he went away. Because he said, you know, you, know, well, you know, I'll take it on board and yada yada. If he goes away and that gets done... If, if This is a funny thing. I, f- I firmly believe... I don't care what Vich Lachesano's got to say. <laughs> he could... So- he could r- Bring in the law that he could be the president for the next 30 years if he gets that jumper fixed. But this is the thing, like, not being silly or indulgent or anything. 
But nothing against Vince, by the way. I just <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is an element of me that wonders. There's probably a lot of very senior people at the football club that don't even know. No, they'd have got. They'd be like, oh, I don't. What is this? It'd What's be people the... listening to this going, "What on oh, earth are you, are you talking about? about?" But if you went away, if he went next time he's at the club or something, and said, "Do we have a raised Guernsey?" And what are we wearing now? I would be staggered if a hundred percent of responders family feud style. I would be staggered if a hundred percent of people didn't say, "Yeah, the raised one's much better." Well, Absolutely. it just makes you wonder. Like every year, and we've or, said or, it only has to be on the player issue. Only Sorry, on the player issues. Only on the player issue. Yeah, I agree with that too, because as you say, you you lay out five different looks, different logos, whether you're raised, whether you're flat, all that sort of stuff. I would just love to know who makes the call to say we're going with this. So initially, the I think, and that it's not that. Puma. What what year was it, Fab? That Nike started kind of cheapening it, and that it kind of went to a weird bevel. It went away from that to, yeah. to a strange bevel, which was better than nothing, but, but yeah. it's crap. It was like like an iron on. It was not good because no. that's glued on. That's because like I wonder if it's cheap. Like oh, it, have, it, it, that is more expensive absolutely to, be able to deliver. Is. Absolutely, it is. And as the Carlton Football Club, we don't care what it takes to be able to present us in the right light. See, I think just do it. I asked Kane Little the question in one of those member forums. And it was a matter of they weren't able to do it, or you know, manufacturing processes can't allow it. And I thought, well, they allowed it eighteen months ago. Yeah, so, so what has changed? We're not getting further away from that. It's not. A- <laughs> it was in the review. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, all you need to do is, if Puma can't do it, we'll do it. No, if we'll personally, no, no, you no, and we, I, yeah, you no. and I will do it. We'll have different sizes, like rattles and yeah. like different dimensions. Whoever wears the twenty-one gets the real flat, big sleeves. Because <laughs> rattles tore it. Yeah. And they keep sewing it up. But the point being, just get plain navy Guernseys and industrial glue the felt monogram on. Yep. Just, let's just do that. There'd be a textiles expert listening to this and go, listen to these idiots. What a, <laughs> industrial glue. Didn't one of our board, fabric didn't on. one of our board members own Spotlight? Yeah, but don't they sponsor St Kilda? RSEA? It's Zach yeah, Freed. Oh, Free. I'm sure he knows a thing or two about fucking fabric. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to get by. <laughs> uh, so, boys, what did we think in the end of the chat with Luke Sayers? Oh, impressed. Um, you know, without going overboard, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm pleased that he's the man who represents us. Do you know what I mean? How everything unfolds, well, that's for time to tell, but I'm super impressed. Well, there's no doubt he's got the football club as his... Um as a key outcome, yep. you know, he's absolutely wanting success and he's, you know, putting his best foot forward and working really, really hard and resourcing it in a way to make sure we are the best version of ourselves at all times. There was, he's, what's it been? He said 12 weeks he's been in the role. At the start of it, there was, the, you know, the, the challenges and, you know, the people questioning, you know, an uncertainty and wanting to spill the board and whatever. In these three months, I think he's, Put that to bed. That was one of the... I was really worried, fucking Timbo. You were trying to get us to support a board spill for a little bit there. Concerning, Timbo. Concerning. It was the last thing we needed. Fabian and I were trying to tell you, this is the last thing we need right now. Is a, yeah. And I did agree with that. I is did a bloodthirsty yeah. board spill. But Timbo, he was, had the fucking... The whites of his eyes. He was just wanted blood. And it was like, just relax, Timbo. But He had low blood sugar. <laughs> let, let, let the change be organic. <laughs> but... I just remember thinking, 
we've we've gotten an opportunity here where this guy is all action. He's yeah. come in and he's he's fucking swinging the changes. He's making stuff happen. Whether you agree with that or not, stuff is happening. The worst thing we could do is turf that out yeah. while we're in the middle of something. Ultimately, as all presidents do, like they all do, he has got the best. Um, the what I said, the best. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? The Best interest of the football club. He's got the best interest. Intentions, or yeah, I was caught between intentions. I couldn't get it happening. But he's got the best interests of the Carlton Football Club clearly at heart, and he will leave no stone unturned to ensure that we get there, to ensure that we do get better, to ensure that the building that the club has been doing isn't for nothing. And even if that requires a bit of a course change or you know a correction, well, we got to do it. We can't wait. We can't wait another twelve months. And having that message coming out. And, and obviously, he's telling that to us in this forum, but he's obviously going to be a very proactive president. He's going to be in the media. He's going to be saying that. And when you've had Lejudice who isn't saying anything... When you needed leadership, at a time you needed a voice. Well, and, and the media, because of the lack of voice coming out of the Carlton Football Club, started just insert opinion here, mm. there and everywhere. And so all we're getting fed is this negative take on the Carlton Football Club, you need to be able to trump that with decisive, real, strong um, you know stances he, about the club, and that's what he's giving. You know what he is too? What I, what I was really happy and impressed with, not just in our chat, you know, his chat with Terry, just in general, is that if the narrative needs to be controlled or corrected, or it needs to be straightened up, don't, he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll actually go out and say... And if he doesn't, mm, Brian Cook will. Brian Cook will. Yep. Whereas... For this past year, when we were in, it was just we were in dire, dire straits, and there was just, as you said, there was just nothing. Yep. And yep. it went, what is this? Who is leading the club? Yep. So uh, we can't thank Luke uh, enough um, for his time. It really does mean a lot. Um, we're so grateful for that opportunity. Hopefully, we'll have another opportunity in the future. Do we want to do some patented printer cast patter? Before we go on to some other issues, Timbo, were you aware? You weren't because you haven't been told about this. I'm springing it on you now. Fabian made the ludicrous claim just yesterday. A man who grazes like he's on the Serengeti that he could live off $10 a day. Ludicrous. Absolutely laughable claim. See, the con- he doesn't give context this full. That's the entire context. He said he could live off. We were talking about the guy that we used to speak about who went to prison and they lived off 350 bucks a week for the however many of them. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, you couldn't do that. Now, if you're shopping for, three, uh, for five men... You got even three hundred and fifty a week. Would you survive? No, um, you don't have to buy detergents or anything like that. Which you got no indulgences, you got no treats, you got what, no. Where don't you have treats? Well, you can't buy a pack of Tim Tams and some ice creams and stuff. I'm charging you buy the Tim Tam, mate. You got ten you, bucks a do day. You want me to get Leslie up here? I want you to and say, has Sean ever done the shopping for I this have, house? I do. I do the shopping. I want you. You do the shopping for Sean. I want you to itemise and be honest. And then what I love about that, when you do the shopping for Sean, I will it's give, Keithy's role to just eat your shit. It is. I bought a pizza the other week and you just polished it off. <laughs> the whole thing? No, half of it. Because I left half for lunch the next day. Give me the jam. What does he do with the jam? <laughs> is it the jam? What do you mean the jam? Is it, does, is it eat all the jam? He's got a, he's got a penchant, if you will, for... Um, like, we had scones recently, and he put more jam on a single scone than I did on about seven. <laughs> or, you know, cut four, eight, cut him in half. And then he leaves, like, everything he touches then becomes sticky. 
because somehow the jam is now all <laughs> on the outside. Keith, like, he sounds like a four-year-old. And like you go to you go to pick up the jam later, and you'd be like, what "The fuck!" <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, I decided one day to buy myself. I, I used to. I went through a thing. You strum in the katanas and it just stopped. Yes, they're talking about me. <laughs> they're talking about me. They're talking about the jam. But it, I, I went through a period where I liked having. Um, you know the pikelets you buy at Coles? Oh, they're, yes. They're really nice. They're yeah. two bucks a packet, and you just put some jam on them, or you put some jam and cream on them, or whatever, and they're just a lovely little snack. Other than sugar. Spot on. They're very versatile. But I decided I'll get these, and you know what? I'll buy myself this nice conserve to put on them. Keithy got into it, <laughs> and then had the temerity after the fact, after destroying it, to go, it was shit as well. <laughs> He absolutely massacred it and, it and then said it was crap. <laughs> when you said Keithy was going through it, I pictured, remember what JB used to do when Stephen Milne used to go near the ball? The tip rat? Yeah. And they did that. <laughs> we do, if anyone's ever seen the movie The Fantastic Mr. Fox, there's a bit where Mr. Fox eats like a waffle. I've seen, you seen it. it. I love that's, it. That's what that is yeah, yeah. with anything. Yeah. He'll eat dinner and then I like to let that just sit. I've had a lovely meal. I'll, you know, in maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, I'll have some He eats dessert. it like Cookie Monster. It's gone. <laughs> He'll eat his dinner and then put the plate out and then have whatever's for dessert before he sat back he down. sounds like my seven-year-old son. It's, <laughs> it's infuriating. But Fabian, anyway, made the ludicrous claim. He, he drinks cans of Coke Zero, packets of chips, all sorts of shit. He says he has muffins in the morning, coffees. He reckons he could live off 10 bucks a day. I'm calling... Liar. No, but it's not ten dollars a day. I'm with five other people. It's fifty dollars a day. No, it's when, ten dollars a day. When you pull, you. when you pull your cash. But I'm still going to charge you itemized for like you have a Tim Tam. I'm going to figure you're it out. You're buying at Costco and buying in bulk, and or this this is your stance, isn't it? I think or when you're in the clink, you're not buying from Costco. <laughs> I think you're getting. I think well, it's you, a, you a know what I'm saying, setup. though. Like yeah. if you're on the porridge and all that sort of stuff, and. Yeah, you, know, you, you can. You, you can make can, a box of oats go a long like way. A, uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you can live a Spartan lifestyle. There'd be a hell of a lot of uh, tin corn going on, and <laughs> do you a bit reckon? Of tuna and do you reckon this man is getting by on tin corn <laughs> and porridge? <laughs> Not exclusively. <laughs> this is the joke. He reckons he could do it, but he wouldn't because he'd be living a f- like he'd be a fraud. Oh, he wouldn't. Wouldn't be enjoying it. Not no. At all. <laughs> but uh, we're not eating ten dollars a day for you know. Entertainment value. It's is just this seeing if you can. The type of show the club was scared for the president to go on. <laughs> <laughs> the Prendercast patter, it's become part of the show. I was going to have a go at you for something else, but I've forgotten what it was. I didn't write it down. Maybe I did. Just talk amongst yourselves. I'll see if I can find the note. <laughs> I've made a note of something I wanted to have a go at you about. But uh, be, be kind, mate. Be I, kind. I don't know if I, I... I haven't written it down. It's disappointing. not going to lie to you. Uh, so anyway, we'll go on now to some just chatter about the actual club in general. We'll speak about the Liam Jones situation first. Cap- Stop we, clapping. See, so if Timbo did that, that won't show you'd be up. in trouble. That won't turn up very loudly because it's a, it's a condenser mic. I can hear it through here. Yeah, but it will be low. Because you're in the room, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about the draft before we talk about Liam Jones? Oh, it's, I thought we, that is what I thought we would do. So who's Jesse Motlop? Can, can you just, do you want to appraise the way Tim's got his headphones on just at the moment? <laughs> I'm not comfortable. <laughs> the mouthpiece is pointed at his eyebrow. He looks like Milo Kerrigan. <laughs> Who the fuck is Milo Kerrigan? Is he in the castle? You got no, you got no neck, and you're like you slumped back in the chair. For some reason, the headphones aren't on properly. Was he from Fast Forward or the yeah, Late Show? Yeah, he was um, Sean McAuliffe, the boxer. Yeah. 
That's better. Real early mid nineties areas. I'm happy with this. So right Jesse none Lock, of that show would Jesse, be allowed to be on TV these days. Um, there would it. be some filtering being done. There'd be some editing. <laughs> um, Jesse Motlop is Daniel Motlop's son. So Daniel Motlop played at North, and then he played at Melbourne, Port Adelaide. Was he in Melbourne? Ever? No, Shannon Motlop. Shannon Motlop was at Melbourne. He was actually the guy. Well, he started at North, but I he went to. I can't picture Daniel Motlop. He went to. You would know him to see him. Um, Shannon ended up at Melbourne after Troy Broadbridge passed away, and they got a Shannon Motlop won a premiership against us. Was he in that side, 99? He might have been. Might have been. Yeah, I reckon he was. So, um, but yeah, so Jesse Motlop is Daniel Motlop's son. Um, I think he's been playing over in South Australia and in Northern Territory. And they've shown a few highlights and um, typical small forward, lots of forward pressure, loves a tackle. Looks like he's got terrific agility, turned a couple of blokes inside out and back to front, got good speed, good, good goal sense. Daniel Motlop was really good at a check side goal, kicking around the corner, loved the big torp every now and again. Could be lazy, Daniel, but you would like to think that the Suns maybe... Bred out of him. Well, not bred out of him, but um, but I think maybe he's... Um, uh, the the inf- other influences will sort of, you know, mm. see him sort of... It's also a different time, different era. Oh, look, absolutely, absolutely. But... Um, I think Daniel Motlop in his day was about pick eight in the draft, or six even... Um, Maybe not, seven. Not that, not that twenty-seven is that far removed, but um, he's never been guaranteed a spot on an AFL list, and he he'll have to genuinely work for it. Um, but it's been a, a glaring need on our list for the last little while, and, and and we've recruited some players to be able to fill it. And we we haven't absolutely nailed it, but I think we like the guys that we've got. But another opportunity to be able to add some X factor and. And, and again, build on that forward pressure and keep the ball inside 50 is, is really key to what we need to do. And it's the circle of life we spoke about <clears throat> on Twitter, Timbo, that Jared Pickett was this player. Yep. And then his career ends, so we go after Papley. We can't get Papley, so we get Betts. Betts retires, that creates a need. Uh, so it's understandable that they go out and target this and, particular player. And Corey player. Durden was our first pick in the draft last year, albeit sort of into the 30s or 40s or whatever we were. So it's not top-end talent, but it's identifying need and quality. And I think what we saw from Durden last year, we were reasonably impressed by. Um, Just needs to build and grow. Certainly not a finished article. So if we've got these two guys and Josh Honey and hopefully David Cunningham coming back from an ACL, there's opportunities there. And we've talked about our need to be able to um, defend better all around the ground. Well, it starts... Forward. Mm. It starts forward, it's on in the midfield, and then it comes back to your Lock back six. Well, the closer you create the turnover, well, the, the easier it is the to The pressure, score. yeah. Like it does, you don't have to turn it over deep forward, but if you're putting enough pressure on that the kick coming out isn't going to be as accurate and you bring other people into the game, opportunity. 100%. Now, I throw to this next topic, it could be a fiery one, Fabian. This is going to talk about Liam Jones. Now, did you observe Tim Davis on Twitter regarding the Liam Jones saga? No, I've, I've tried to stay away from Twitter. Good idea. It's a cesspit. There were some interesting Timbo. You know what it reminded me of? Tell me. You know that scene in Top Gun where they they spend the whole movie saying that, you know, Kazansky, oh, he's ice cold, never makes a mistake, never loses his cool. But the minute he's in a dogfight, he just loses his rag. Yep. He's like, shit, fuck. (laughs) That was you, ice cold. You're just always, you're just so even. Isn't that when Maverick tells him to take the shot, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there? And he's like, I will, and leaves. (laughs) Um, 
you're usually so measured, Tim, usually so even keeled, even centred, zen even. This got under your goat. Liam, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You were not a happy camper. Well, it was just, it's, I, I guess I looked at it from the from the position, here is a guy who, football was gone. Like, it, his career was done six years ago, whatever it worked out to be. Um, he, 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 he had no future. And through... You've got no future, Jack. <laughs> and through situation... You're an A1 <laughs> nut boy, whatever that means. <laughs> opportunity came. Do you know what I'm talking about, Fabian? Batman. Yeah. So, no, opportunity has come. He's taken that. He's found football relevance again. And then he's gradually built, found confidence, worked on his craft, and arguably arguably could have at least, as a minimum, been in the All-Australian squad, let alone the team. And at the absolute peak of his powers, he's turned around and decided to put his flag on this hill and said, we will not be doing this. Yeah, Fabian. And, and, and it perplexes me because, as, as I sort of alluded before, I have no doubt, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, not that Liam's going to call us himself. He might. If if he had issues he with mixer, his body, the can take a call. If, if he had issues with his body and he needed a cortisone injection at some point through whatever repeated strain injury he might have had, if he's had to have a pain killing injection in a game to be able to get through, or late in the season, or whatever else, I would imagine this happened, and this happened quite regularly. So to now, after a ten year career, probably longer, to then turn around and say. I don't want this sort of science going into this body. To me, seems really odd because there is precedent for what he's been doing and it just seems this follows that same pattern. So I find it illogical. I, and, and my problem is he can't go to the pub, he can't go to a restaurant, he can't get another job until he gets vaccinated, assuming the mandate remains in place and maybe he's holding out for a, a time that gives him a better opportunity to be able to do the things in his life he needs to do. But right now, all things remaining same. The flag's in the hill here. I'm not playing football for Carlton. Well, what else are you doing, champ? Interestingly, that's a very well-made point. Fabian. Sean. Fabian, would you have thought potentially, if I was at the football club, I would almost gone, let's do good cop, bad cop. So you're Brad Lloyd, you're Brian Cook, whoever else is involved in these conversations... One of us be softly, softly. One of us be supportive, but pursuing, we want you to stay. We've got to work through this, whatever. One of us needs to be a prick. And one of us needs to almost walk into this meeting and say, when this is all said and done, I need to walk out of here having been convinced you aren't making the worst decision of your life. Whether you agree with that, whether it's, I respect Jones's privacy, I respect his... Um, his right. As do I. As I respect his right to get the vaccine, to not get the vaccine. That's totally his choice. But in the interest of the football club, selfishly, sit there and go, you have to convince me that you're not making the worst decision of your life. Would that have been worthwhile? Who's to say he didn't do it? Well, well, that's exactly right. And that's the thing. We don't know. Like, we don't know how it played out. We don't know the machinations. Yeah. Look, I've learned not to get involved on the political side of this Topic, so you're gonna do the same in this conversation. Bleed the fifth. No, no. Well, well the fourteenth, as it happens on the Twitter the other day. Um, what an idiot! <laughs> no, so so 
I just like to focus on this topic from the perspective of how does it affect us? Mm. You know. Went down a key defender. Yeah. And I, I think, and I think Sean differs to me on this, I think we will miss him in the interim. What are you talking about? Absolutely. I said that. This is. A, you want to field this question? I got a question for you. So, how about you answer a question? Will we miss Liam Jones? Yes. It's not what you sound. In the, the short term. So I've got a question for you two. We'll start with Fab. Is Liam Jones actually very close to that type of or quality of player who we actually need to improve on to get better anyway? We always talk about Ed Kerno. Once Ed Kerno isn't getting a game, that's great. That means that A, B, or C has gone past him, has replaced him. Liam Jones is coming off a very serious injury to his patella. We don't know what the safe situation is with his knee. Um, we've got, obviously, a bad recent record of players who have suffered that injury. It's been very significant. Which I was hung out to dry for when I... You said he'd done his ACL. No, I didn't say he did his ACL. I said Liam Jones had hurt his knee. Oh, I'll take the Twitter. I'll throw you on a bus on the podcast. I did so... For what it's worth, relish. my takeaway from your news was that I understood he may have done his ACL. Yes, thank you, Tim. So whether that whether that's on me, what do they say about assume? Or that's never assume. On it you. just makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing you. you, mate. I'm hearing you. But all I can say is that was my take. So the point being, he's 31 as of round one. Yep. We're not really sure what the knee was looking like as it was. He, he, he can be a frustratingly flaky and inconsistent player. If somebody else is to come by and replace him, that's great. We weren't hoping or weren't thinking that would be 2022. Mm. But fair being fair, it was probably going to have to be, we were probably going to have to start making serious moves at the end of 2022. Who's his long-term successor? I, I agree with that. I think we need to start. And I think if you look at our list in that position, we're very short as far as keep... Key position defenders are big key position defenders. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, we don't even have a project. We may position. have tomorrow. Dominic Akui oh is my God. our. Are we, you're going to start. You're going to seriously analyse a bloke we might not even draft. Well, I was ready to talk about him in March. Last March. This March. March Just gone. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Twenty 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 one. So he was he was talked up as being There's seventeen other clubs in the draft, Timber. Yeah, I know, but he's part of our next generation academy. Oh, we've got one. Oh, we've got so, one. So we have one, and he announced the we announced the What's other day. What's his surname? A Q E A Q U E I. That's good Scrabble score. No, they're all fucking vowels, you dickhead. They're all worth one. The Q isn't. It's a K. Did I say Q or well, K? I thought you said Q. You said Q. It was, it was K. <laughs> 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 that Scrabble score just took a hit. Taking an enormous hit. Oh, can we go to the dictionary on that one? I think there's a Q in it. No, but evidently he's uh, a very tall, athletic my key point, defender. Okay, but my point But being, he is not ready day one. No, no. But he's a perfect rookie so, to be able to take. And any time we support a next gen, our next generation this, academy, I think is a really the good... Irony of this leaves thing. us in a vulnerable position. And although Sean didn't raise it, he did say to me, and I agree with him, that... Our biggest issue is the collective defence. Mm. And we rely on Liam Jones to do the Liam Jones one-on-one greatness. We might not need that role. So that I agree with. But yep. we're a Jacob Weidering injury away from having nobody. But we're that away from anyway. Touchwood. 
real fucking hard. <laughs> but that that's just the reality that if a player of that it goes goes down, it doesn't matter what your depth is, it's mm. going to hurt you. So the, the irony of the Liam Jones discussion from where I sit anyway is that he – who would have envisaged that he would be that player anyway? When we were looking for a key defender, no one was thinking Liam Jones. No. So th- there is always opportunity. I, I, I guess what – from an – just a general perspective, what frustrates me is um, Liam's made this decision, what, three weeks after trade period? Yeah. Call it a month. Not ideal. Not ideal. Um, He should have been given an ultimatum. We need to know everyone's vaccination status by this month. Yeah. Uh, By this date. Leading into trade trade period. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Because, look, again, you know, and I don't think Levi Casbolt is the answer in this situation. However... Your mate. <laughs> Your mate, Casbolt. Levi played a couple of very, very good games two seasons ago. I think he played he played key defence against St Kilda in the game at the MCG, and he marked everything. His first half of last year was good. Well, he, and look, as we sort of said, he, he had an issue with a knee that was getting drained the whole way through. In the absence of having anything else, because again, Dominic Acuie could end up being the best key defender in the competition in six years' time. I didn't know who this man was five minutes ago. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why you employ me in this role. He's um, going to be another Buku Kamas. He, he, well, Buku got a game, didn't he, against us? Against, against us, us, yeah. <laughs> one for one. Fuck. <laughs> um, but Dominic's not playing round one. And, no. And he's he, not even on the list at the moment. <laughs> He's not drafted by anybody. He's actually not able legally to play. Well, the next time we chat about it, we can either say, pretend we never talked about Dominic, but uh, look, if if we've expressed an intention or a, or a keenness, I would anticipate um, that's probably going to happen. And given that we have a need for a key defender, well, you know, what better way than um, well, he's not on doing the what we're doing? Fox Lab Rank. Thirty-nine to fifty-five at the moment. So you know who you know uh, who project. You know who was living on well under ten dollars a day come the end of the season if his performance was for anything to go by. I can leave. Why there was no red meat on that shopping list? No, no, <laughs> pure pure vegan. He was eating off uh, quinoa, llama beans, and he was eating off you know like just trail mix. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Levi, get some protein into you. Um, do we want to do some preseason crystal balling? Yeah, we can do a little. Yep. Just, just nothing too major because there's so much still to. You're play not going to spring a, a, a quiz on us, are you? No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. Well, nothing's happened since the last quiz. So we're going to do a bit of a preseason crystal ball. It's basically just who's it a big year for? Do you do you guys think? Yep. So I'll lead off with my first one. This is going to be Captain Obvious right here. It's a big, big, big year for Mitch McGovern. <laughs> the chatter about him being his last year of contract, notwithstanding. It's with our relationship with Mitch, and there have been th- no, you will not find three bigger fans of Mitch McGovern no. than us because he's, he's talent unquestioned. It's gotten to the stage with Mitch last year of his contract, big money, even putting that to one side. He either has to break through or we have to break him to find out if he's an AFL fo- uh, footballer. That, that, I, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I, he could be the one who fills that void. Well, I think he's proven. He has proven he's kicking is, is elite. Elite, yeah. yeah. We just can't carry a guy, even on the list. To be honest, let alone on that amount of money, who's only available for half of the games. Yeah. I, I actually don't care about the money. I, like, the, the money, I agree completely, because his next contract will be wherever it is, significantly less than yeah. it. And if we elect to say we want to hitch our wagon to Mitch again, he's, he's injured more than Anthony Davis. 
And Anthony Davis is, is injured. This is true. Quite often. This but you've got to – that's my attitude is that he – we either have to – he either has to break down or get through the year. Yeah. Do you know what I think will help? I've said this before. I don't know. Socks up Mitch. Socks up Mitch and the Mo, the Mo Gubbin. Socks up Mitch was brilliant. I was really, really and happy. He was dropped for that period where they said he wasn't fit enough and then he did like a mini preseason. He came back and he had the socks up. One of my favourite moments of last year, I thought it was a real watershed moment for Mitch as the Carlton player. Unfortunately, it culminated with him tearing his hamstring. It was the chase. It was the on, chase. Yeah, on Zach Merritt. And I went, that's exactly what, oh, fuck, he's done his hamstring. And a quarter, be- <laughs> quarter before, who did he clean up? He Was it... Um, I haven't gotten over his tackle on Zach Butters. Zach Butters, was he, he absolutely buried him. Yep. It was fantastic. Now, he bumped... I don't think it was Nick Hind. I think it was the guy who was taking about pick 20 in the draft, who they switched back to defence this year. Um, ah. You're talking about the scum? Oh, yeah, the scum. It's yeah. the Glory and Fame podcast. <laughs> no, there was some dude. He cleaned him up and, and you know, absolutely tattooed, tattooed him when he got him. Mm. But it was great. It was there to be done. Yeah, fantastic. It was a free kick downfield, but you're, you're letting them know that you're there and they're making sure that they're looking over the shoulder the next time. Fantastic. I'm going to add another name into the... Do it. Mark Pitnett. Um, is it, though? Because he doesn't really have any competition for that first ruck spot. Well, Tom DeConning. I, I, I was not overly impressed by Mark's performance when he was in the side. Some of his numbers were... This year. Some of his raw numbers are, like, deceptively impressive because, to the eye, he looked uncompetitive. Yep. But and I think you have to judge people to the anything eye. but, yeah. Like, in, in his ruck work, his centre clearance work, he's really effective. Which is shocking. Because to the eye, you're a bit like, oh, I don't think this is happening for us. Yeah. At times, he looks like a warm body, but actually, statistically, he actually is quite strong. I've just remembered what I was going to wind Fab up about. We'll come back to that later. His warm body? <laughs> no, that's what twigged me. Um, but no, 100%. I think that's an interesting point, Fab, because... He's someone that we need to get plenty out of, but at the same time, we don't really have anyone pushing up behind him. Yeah. Cause well, cause it was fu- exactly what you say. When you first said, who was the big year for, for a completely different reason, because it's not about output on the, on the ground, we have the chance to put 12 really strong months into Alex Murkov. Mm. And as a project player and his size and his capability, you will know in a year's time whether this guy is still a legitimate chance of making it as a as a very good AFL footballer. Because I think as a, as a potential elite athlete, everything that you need is there. Well, he'll need to put in... I think, I think we need to give him, assuming his body can stand up to the rigours, I think we need to give him probably two years of VFL footy. Without a doubt. But as you say, the advances that you'll make from a physical capability mm. perspective, now is where you're... You're grafting now yeah. to get the benefit later. So um, so we won't see him on the ground. He no. won't be getting stats in a navy blue jumper at AFL level, but strides gained in 2022 for Alex Murkov could be critical for us into the future, and he'll be a terrific watch. Yep. You got another one for us, Fab? No. Oh, I've got another one for us then. Then you go. Um, Brad Lloyd. Fascinating. Eyebrows were raised. Wasn't thinking off-field. Uh, eyebrows were raised, you know, when we announced the findings of the review and certain s- people had survived. You know, there, there were some 
okay, you know, Kane Little at the time, Brad Lloyd at the time. I think I'm, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Am I alone in, or was I alone in being a bit oh, okay? Interesting. Surprised, yeah. Bit surprised. So obviously the reviewers found that he was being stepped on a bit. I think that's my only takeaway mm. is that the reviewers determined that there were certain other outside forces who were leaning on him and affecting his ability to do his job uh, to the best of his ability. Needs to be empowered to do So spot on. He gets the opportunity in 2022 that it is his ship to run. He is steering it. We'll see how what comes of it. Because yeah. if things don't like radically improve or if we've still got the same types of problems, then he's probably in trouble. Well, and equally, Luke Sayers has proven that if he thinks there's somebody better out there, mm. he will go and get them. And everyone's on notice. Everyone is on notice. Uh, no more. Do we have any more Carlton football discussion? Well, I, I just need to ask the question about Patrick Cripps. Yeah. And the player that he's been. Yeah. And the player that we want him to be. Yeah. And when I say the player that he's been, I'm saying three years ago, Paddy Cripps, MVP. We like that Paddy Cripps. We, we love that Paddy Cripps. And we, we don't like the Paddy Cripps of last year. No, and he hasn't been right. So, And I think it's it's a combination of how is Paddy within himself and how do we manage Paddy Cripps. One of my, one of, a refrain that I hate in football is that like, oh, they break him or you broke him or they've just, oh, he's, he's broken. You know, he went too hard too early. I'm like, that's bullshit. It is crap. It's, it's it, crap. I hate it. It's just bad luck. But it looks like that at the moment. Well, he's he was he's been carrying niggles. Yep. Some serious. I guess the question is, can Paddy play injured? And if the answer and the lesson learned is, if Paddy's not 100%. You don't play him. You don't play him. He can't play effectively in the state that he's been in. No, that's right. And and I think we got great service out of um, Matthew Kennedy this season. When we gave him the opportunity to be a bull on the inside, he played good footy. Paddy Dow, when given the opportunity to play inside, he played good footy. Mm. He needs to string games and quarters and all that sort of stuff together because the ability is there. We can survive in the absence of Paddy Cripps. We would want to play with our best 22 every single every single week. 18 teams in the competition would. It doesn't work that way. How we... The concern, though, is we, we have committed a large chunk of cash yep. to a guy that geez, he's been a bit crocked for a while now. If he can get back to his best, if his body can get him back to that state... Then he's worth every penny. Beauty. Absolutely. But the question mark is, look, he was mismanaged a bit with his stripping the weight off and yep. that was just a bad move. That was a bad, bad decision. Just took his... Literally took his strength away, um, which was terrible. But... I think someone mentioned actually, which I didn't think of it at the time, I wish I could give them credit, um, Tim Clark coming back to the club was an interesting appointment because it was under Tim Clark who Cripps played his best footy as he was developing. Was the MVP through. under? I'm not sure if Clark was there that year, definitely, but as he built and built and built, yeah, Clark yeah, was yeah. his coach. So he obviously knew how to use him, how to deploy him and, and could get Paddy to a, you know, a level of performance that we or you know, rocketed him to one of the game's best, if not for a period of time, you know, the best player in the game. Uh, no more Carlton talk there? You've got no more... Uh... Not really. Okay. I'm good. Not much has happened. Yeah, no, I agree. It's... Big, big off-seasons for Charlie Curnow, Brody Kemp. How big did Harry look in that photo I sent? Harry's been big for a while. I think he was too. It was a, it was a bit of forced perspective as well. I don't he, care. He's a little bit closer to the frame. He's, he's, he's huge. Well, the <laughs> thing... <laughs> he sounded... 
perverse. I don't care. I love him. You sounded well, like you, you were... Do you know what I love? I love? I love when opposition support, oh, you know, he's not that good, he can't kick, he can't do this. I think, fuck, he won a Coleman medal and he yeah. can't do anything. Imagine if he could. Yeah, and we couldn't deliver the footy to him. You have um, the worst service when, in the league. When you're 204 centimetres and you look big, it means you're really, oh, really sp- big. Speaking of 204, we'll, we'll raise this because it's at the end of the pod. So if anyone's still listening, you're in for a treat now. All right, so sh- shout out to a guy called Kadir, right? The reason I'm shouting him out, because he's made Joe Pagano. I don't know who any of these people are. Joey. You know Joey. I do know Joey. All right. So Joey comes into the office. Joey today. was funny. Just a sidebar. Joey's a new addition to the office down at Corporate One. And um, he follows the Bulldogs. Yep. And listens to the show. Yep. He actually, Th- said, that's to, where he actually said to Fabian at one point, he goes, are you Fabba Ganoush? I, I think... <laughs> That's where Kadir comes in. I think Kadir was a fan. Who's Joey's Kadir? It's Joey's mate. I don't know who Kadir is. I don't know him either. But okay. I've. I'm Why are we talking about him then? <laughs> <laughs> now, so Joey walks in. You know, he's got the Conor McGregor type strut he's, happening. He's, he's like, he goes, when it's all said and done, the Darcy's will be better than the Sylvanis. Oh, get stuff. All right. No, 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 no. I, I got up. Which one? Because no, Luke, no, Luke Darcy's uh, not uh, better as, than either of any of the David was as, as a trio. <laughs> <laughs> All right? And I basically said, get get the fuck out of here. Tell you what, Sam better have some brothers. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's I think a we need to write I think we need to revisit as well. Like, in the cold light of day, how good of a player Luke Darcy was. He wasn't that good. He wasn't that good. He was a f- he was favourite for the Brownlow one season. But he's hardly David Caruso there, Timbo. He's <laughs> no, no. done it. He's done it. He's got it away. That's the last one for the year. But no, he's um, Luke Darcy across his career. He probably had three strong seasons. Oh, I thought we were going to say games. No, <laughs> strong, played. really strong, strong seasons. Steven Silvani was the fullback of the century. <laughs> you know what was funny? Just pu- pushing pause. And on played that. for fifteen years. That that Essendon Doco series, which wasn't a bad watch. Like obviously, if you liked Essendon, you watched it. You'd love it. I just like I just oh. find it interesting how they put those together. Anyway, there was a bit where they were talking to Matthew. I took Roy. up the I took up the um, the sports subscription. Sorry, I can't speak all of a sudden. I, 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 I rang up Foxtel and said, "Cancel it until you stop this Essendon crap." <laughs> Did you, you probably spoke directly to like an Essendon, like a member of the Essendon Mafia at Fox who keep reprogramming the 93 grand final. Oh, the classic there. The classic that is the 93 grand final. But anyway, Matthew Lloyd was speaking and he's talking about, oh, you know, he came into the game as a young player and he came in at a time when there were a lot of good key forwards, but there were a lot of good key defenders. And it was, you know, that scene in Ocean's 12 when, um, you know, have you seen that when they're... When Andy Garcia is going around and like collecting, he's, he's putting the fear of God in the members of Danny Ocean's crew. And they're going down the table with the um, you know, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. And Casey Affleck's thanking everyone for coming to his wedding. I'd like to thank Uncle Such and Such, the Such and Such, you know, him and her, you've come for such a long way, it's great. And he goes through like 15 people and he gets to the end of the table and his brother and he goes, and that's about it. And he doesn't thank his brother. Matthew Lloyd mentions Steve Krediuk as a, as a great opponent of his. Didn't mention Sauce. Steve Krediuk. Legitimately, I obviously no. It really. This is what we've come to, Matthew. Really, I had to rewind it to make sure I didn't like. I, I hadn't so passed. Did he out. say Steve Krediuk or Koloniuk? He might have said Koloniuk. <laughs> I don't know. But well, no, he was a small forward. But but he, he um, said he said like 
He went through a couple. Who else? Did you say did he Mick Martin? He mentioned Mick Martin. Wow, eh? And he wow. mentioned Credit Hook. Did he mention Ben Graham? No. No. And he mentioned two, three or four, not the premier backman of his era. And I just thought, come on, Matthew. I, I get that you hate him and he hates your brother and all that. Like, I get it. But <laughs> and fuck, he hates your but brother. But, like, you, you can't be talking about your great opponents and not mention yeah. Steve Silvani. It's it, a bit it, like... It, it devalues it, doesn't it? It'd be like Hulk Hogan not talking about Andre the Giant. And everyone Andre. being like, that was a pretty big showdown you had with Andre at the Silverdome. Just touching back on this, I said, young Darcy needs to play 100 games of AFL football before he's even better than Jack. Oh, it's exactly right. It's a ridiculous Jack, statement. Jack gets shat on by opposition supporters. It's a ridiculous statement but, by Joey. Because they're, but they're dumb. Was it Joey? Joey is, Joey is dumb. No, yeah. who's, who, sorry, who made this statement? Joe. Yeah, it's a dumb, yeah. dumb yeah. comment from Joe. Do you know what I love? Because, you know, Pete and the warm baguettes that he is, right? Just, oh, we're just warm and fluffy. Yeah. Pete sat there thinking, you're an idiot, but wouldn't say anything. It's weak by Pete. He needs to be better than that, Pete. When someone says something stupid... You can't let them get away with it. Yeah, agree. Oh, it's dumb. That's that's, uh, that's not. I didn't want to close on that, so I'm going to close on. So this. Joey go. Joey wanted a shout out. I gave him the ultimate shout out. Yeah. Does he have a Twitter account? People can abuse him. I am an idiot. <laughs> no, he, he's, he's he's too young for that stuff. He's you know you can find Joey on uh, he's on TikTok on on, on Tinder. <laughs> Dogs is us. <laughs> He would be on Tinder. Is Tinder like an at something? Is that, is that how you get... Uh, no, I don't know. Just no, look up Joseph Pagano on t- <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> and then interesting closing. Um, we want to have some fun. The Prendercast patter as we end the show. Um, last show for the or year, grinder. I'd imagine. <laughs> Check both platforms. Just wants to play the field. Keep his options open. Um, Tim's Nuggets? No. Oh, I don't are are you going to give any credit to Tim's Nuggets? No. Timbo, we had a good... Good spring. Fucking <laughs> good spring. I like how you're taking credit for anything. I am, I am, and this is all I am, is a content administrator. You are. You're, and you encourage me to be my best. All right. You ask people like Webby, all right? Have the Nuggets been successful for you this spring? I reckon Junior, Junior, <laughs> Junior's comment after... Junior's paid off his house. Cup day, he's, he said, I've never seen <laughs> so much money in my betting account. Yeah, Junior's ever. actually got himself an investment property. <laughs> I'll tell you, it warmed the cockles of my heart. Because, I mean, look, we do it and we have fun and we're prepared to risk a little to win a, a little. It's going to be um, a huge, huge Christmas at, at Junior's house. <laughs> there was a suggestion. Every Uso in the nation is there coming was, around for a, for a barbie at, there was at Junior's house. Well, I love him. That, I love that man. I do. I love him as well. <laughs> There was a suggestion. He checks in on me too. I like that. He's a good fellow. Since gone cold, there was a suggestion that, uh, and I think we can announce it now, just apropos of nothing else, that uh, the Prendercast does have now an official beef with Black Bean partner. (laughs) Yes. There there was a suggestion that we were going to indulge with some of the winnings of the Nuggets with a celebratory Ming's dinner. Let's do it. Um, And just just for everyone out there, there was some talk that, that this is for real, that we might do, if if enough people are interested. Now, Tim, I need you to to vouch for this because if one person says this, that it's just, ah, it's just his word, he's just saying this. The Ming's Chinese food beef with black bean, out of 10. 28. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Can you give it the the best thing, and I'll do it for you. I rang Tim and said, look, Sean's been spruiking the beef and black bean. What's it like, really? I said, you've tried it. <laughs> I haven't been privy to this conversation. Tim says, well, we all know Sean's got the, the palate of an eight-year-old child. I do. <laughs> he said, but 
It was amazing. It's legitimately yeah. amazing. It's it's a life-changing beef with so black beans. So what we could theoretically do, Ming's Chinese restaurant is located in Warrandyte. We could potentially, if people are interested, and we would need to go to Ming's and organise this, they would probably be as confused as they've ever been in their life. If you've ever tried to place an order with Ming's, it is an ordeal, but it is worth it. So we could potentially do some kind of dining event at Ming's, where we organise a beef with black bean dinner. It's not a big restaurant. It's Are you going with beef with black bean or beef and black bean? I think it's beef with black bean is what they call it. I'm a beef and black bean. It might be beef and black bean. I don't care. But <laughs> the point is, it's a phenomenal dish. And if people were interested in some Special kind fried of or steamed Special rice. fried. Okay. We are, could potentially do a Ming's dinner for a pre-season uh, club of ganoush. Could be a oh. Ming, Ming's dynasty. So, so that's part of the idea. That's part of the potential for the. Oh, nothing. Nothing made me happier in recent months than Tim actually saying, "Yeah, it was pretty good." And the lemon chicken's a winner. The satay chicken sticks are not awesome. done. Them. Satay not chicken done. sticks are phenomenal. Um, the uh, sesame chicken with barbecue plum sauce. Wow, we phenomenal. Like really upmarket popcorn chicken, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Junior's licking his lips right now. <laughs> We are getting people salivating. My shout, Oos. My shout. <laughs> so the idea would be it would be a, a, we, we could potentially organise some kind of club of ganoush meal at, um, at What's the capacity of Ming's? About 14. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd get, you'd get If we had 25. the whole joint to ourselves. You'd get 25. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I'm not sure what their COVID capacity is. We should invite third party. Yes. And data guy. And the data guy is a must. <laughs> and had their name tags. Third party would be a coup. It oh, would geez. be a coup, although it would reveal his identity if he turned up. Good point. <laughs> but the point being, Ming's Chinese You're restaurant... You're telling me people aren't hearing that clip. I did that one deliberately. Ming's Chinese restaurant in Warrandyte, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal... The official. It's the official beef with black bean. I thought it was the unofficial. At no, the moment, it's We're going to go with official until they tell us until not they to mention them anymore. Until they issue us a cease and desist. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Stop fair mentioning enough. us. So if you are in Melbourne's East, give them a go. If you if you would potentially be in, I don't know how this would work. I don't know. Like, could would people be interested in doing a Club of Ganoush dinner? It would literally just be, we, we would try to organise with the restaurant that you just, you just buy a plate or something, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the thing. We just do a show, I don't know, at the, or just a dinner in general. At and the, a recording uh, from... At the recording at the Ming's Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Sean's trying to use the, the mixer, but it's gone on the lazy Susan to the other <laughs> side of the table. <laughs> you know what would be funny? It'd be a complete madhouse. I've never eaten in at Ming's. What? Yeah, we've been going there for 25 years. Yeah, okay. I think we've had takeaway twice, and we might have eaten in twice. My kids love it. It's a phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, everyone's loyal to their pizza shop. The oh, fish yeah. and chip shop, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Captain Gummies, fish and chips in Doncaster, outstanding. What, what about the Captain's Catch? It. I, I don't. You had the Captain's Catch. I, I had the village, uh, village South Marine or Plenty Valley chicken burger from Captain Gummies yeah. last Friday, and it was. I didn't understand what she said. That did I want it? That ch- happens. Chicken breast, yeah, or chicken meat is what she said. <laughs> And I, I, don't, I don't know, didn't know what she was asking. Did you just panic and uh, well, what nationality? Was, she's Chinese. Um, but um, do we rip out the Mister Chen? Oh no, no. But, <laughs> but it was what it was. It was we've the, gotten too many followers. Now. Was the chicken meat on the kebabs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. that was in the burger. Yeah, it's nice. Winner, nice, really good. Do you know where they used to do the good chicken on the skewers at the bakery up on Smith Street when yes. we were at Cardinals? Yep. 
Absolutely. Uh, what's the name of it? Mate, they've been out of business for 15 years. I don't know. No, no. They no, had. They, they were so successful. They had a bakery. So we'd walk up Stanley Street. Was it Stanley? It was Stanley. And you turn left, there was a bakery. But if you turn right, they had the other bakery on the other they side. They did too. They did too. And then in the Popular. city, in the city, they had it there as well. They've got another one there. So yeah, if, if I thought about it hard enough, the Vietnamese bakeries are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah they are They're phenomenal. Lovely. So anyway, guys, in closing, thanks so much for listening into tonight's special episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. We hope you enjoyed it. It's been a waffle, but it's been great. It's a Prendergast patter. That's, That's what right. it's all about. And so, Timbo didn't mention Joey Bosa once. I'm proud of you. What about Nick? He plays for my team. Oh, yeah, him too. <laughs> but uh, so in closing, thanks so much. We hope everyone has a lovely Christmas and New Year. We'll probably be back at some point in the New Year. Maybe it means if there's enough... Fingers crossed. If there's enough sort of potential interest in coming together for some kind of pre-season thing... Well, the three of us will be there regardless. So yeah, so you, you're saying we're going to get us? together for a meal? A, a succulent, succulent Chinese, Chinese meal? meal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, this is the invitation... This- is Democracy Manifest. manifest. I see you know your judo moves. This is... How dare you? (laughs) This is the invitation. Join us for a succulent Chinese meal. Luke's listening to this going, what the fuck did I go on that What have I done? What have I done to my name? We're going to say his group is going to be wound up tomorrow (laughs) after the ACCC hear this. Um... Yeah, so if you want to come to Mings, just let us know. <laughs> we'll follow that up. For uh, Fabian Guadagnolo. Um, arrivederci ragazzi. <laughs> Buon Natale. Yes. And we'll see you next year. For Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. Are we genuinely done for 21? Yep. What else are we going to talk about between now and the 1st of January? Well, we've got 36 days. Hopefully hopefully, there's not a need to Dominic record. Dominic Stop it, Tim. We're not going to do a special Dominic Akui edition of the show. Hey, it could be my new um, favourite football. That said, the Buku Kamas bit was brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was strange. He just pulled that name out of nowhere. And for, for me, Sean Peter, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you whenever next time is. Go Blues. Oh, we passed. Go Blues. What do you mean we passed? We passed.